0: Coming up next, it's Wild Oak Living.
1: Mendocino County and beyond. You are tuned to Wild Oak Living, the program that comes to you every other Thursday from nine to ten a.m. That's all about living sustainably and building community in Mendocino County and beyond. This is Johanna Wild Oak. I'm really grateful you're tuning in this morning. We have a special program planned for you, um, and that is that addresses the fact that uh, many of us, or most of us, or maybe even all of us, have been living with prolonged fear uncertainty okay, stress the they were personally recruited by Cynthia Nixon. i'm gonna to need to We've got something else going mother. on in the background here uh um, has ever existed um i'm also abby if you do not recognize me, because i have
0: i eight- uh, i'm not sure what that is there oh johanna is that on your end maybe or oh, maybe it's gone away Looks like it has. Maybe it was uh, Joanne's. Okay, yeah,
1: I, I, continue with I the introduction.
0: Was... <laughs> we apologize for
2: that uh, disturbance. Keep back <laughs> to you. the show. Um,
1: um, so anyway, so what I was saying is, is we, we've all been dealing with this prolonged anxiety, stress, uncertainty, uh, and and not knowing what's going to what's going to happen in the future. And uh, I realized this morning or actually I re- I, not this morning, I realized a few days ago that we could all use help with that. And then I remembered uh, Joanne Rosen, who has been such an, a, a wonderful member of our community and has been teaching so many of us about stress and, and how to respond and deal with stress. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. But before I get there, I would like to uh, let you know, That support for KZYX comes from our members and Ivy Accounting and Payroll Services in Willits, specializing in bookkeeping and payroll services for local agricultural businesses and more, serving all of Mendocino County. More information at ivaccounting.com or 489-5486. And we thank and appreciate all our underwriters so very much for supporting KCYX. And that actually reminds me before I go on, we are in our silent drive. And if you just happen to not have contributed yet during this silent drive by renewing your membership or by upgrading your membership or by just simply sending in a donation, please think about doing that today. You know, if if you appreciate the kind of programming that I and so many other local public affairs programmers bring to you in this 9 to 10 o'clock in the morning time slot and in other time slots, it's worth supporting because that's how we roll here. That's how we keep going is by having the community step up and support the kind of community radio that I know you feel is essential to your life because that's why you're listening. So to do that, you can go to our website. That's the simplest thing. Just go to kzyx.org and click on the donate button. And uh, we actually even have some thank you gifts. If you do that, you can check that out on, on our website as well. Or you can call if you'd like to talk to a human, you can call during office hours. You can call 895-2324 and uh, hit extension 5, and that will get you right to Renee, our membership director, and she will be happy to take your donation. Or you can send it to PO Box 1 in Filer, California, 95466, is it? Yes, I think so. Um, And that will also get there. Or just drop it off, 9300 one Highway 128 in Philo. Thank you so much for whatever you can do to support KZYX during this silent drive and all year long. All right, let's get back to our topic today. So I would like to introduce Joanne Rosen. Um, I'm sorry. (laughs) We are all surrounded by three or four different pieces of media. And I thought I had turned them all off, but I guess I hadn't. So here's one more button to push. All right. Joanne Rosen is a licensed uh, marriage and family therapist. And as I mentioned earlier, she has been teaching a lot of us in the community and in the world beyond. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, For some reason, it doesn't ring on my phone, but it rings on my computer. I am. I apologize. I think I've got it all settled now. Um, As I said, Joanne's been teaching a lot of us here in the community and beyond and in other places in the world about how to deal with stress, how to respond to stress, um, how to uh, interact peacefully with each other, and many other things that she will tell you about. And I've invited Joanne this morning, first of all, to help us understand what is stress response, what happens in our body when we get stressed. Um, why do we respond like that why is it a problem if if there is prolonged stress and we keep responding in that way and then uh, we're going to talk about a a toolkit for responding and dealing with responding to and dealing with stress and then the main part of the program today is going to be your calls Uh, we will invite you to call in and uh, tell us what's going on with you and um, maybe if give you some feedback about you know some of some of the ways uh, that we might be able to deal with what's happening with us. So let's jump right into it, Joanne. Welcome, Joanne Rosen. Thank you for joining us on Wild Oak Living today. Uh, Do you want to talk a little bit about how you got into about into this? (laughs) I am. I have no idea. Oh, I know why this is. Let's all take
3: a time to laugh at this. No, let's laugh at it. It's so funny. (laughs) Oh, because you know, moments while while you were giving your introduction, I was on another Zoom thing right next to me, and then it started to blare out, and I started to freak out. I ran out of the room, um, and then when I came back, I could see how activated I was. And um, one saving grace for the listening audience is that Marty, the tech person, is wearing a very convincing dog mask. And so I spent a a minute or so just soaking up this ridiculous uh, image in front of me of this long blonde haired dog running all the tech equipment. And so um, we have to take our tricks where we can find them. I uh, I come to this work um, very legitimately as a licensed wreck. Um, I I don't think I've had what one would consider big T traumas. You know what those are, but I uh, my family came as refugees from violence. Maybe I inherited some epigenetics. My nervous system. As I came out as a baby, was a little wrecked. My mother took some uh, drugs to help prevent some uh, medical issues while in utero, so maybe that contributed. Certainly, it hasn't uh, helped that we have nonstop stress. Um, Our nervous systems are pretty much the same as our hunter-gatherer ancestors, and they had... uh, a body that was built for sudden stress and then it's over. And so the physiology gets confused and gets stuck when the stress is long term. So that our body begins to respond as if the stress is still there and it isn't there or we sustain the stress with our minds because we can't really tell the difference physiologically some between something that we're imagining and something that's really happening so our bodies are going to respond Um, we can have that work against us or we can actually use it to uh, help us out so uh, this morning i recognized in my body that i was way overstimulated for a variety of reasons not the least of which is being on this show so I felt like I really needed to keep a lid on the amount of stress that I was going to create for myself. Um, One thing I learned about myself recently was that when I have to give out a lot of information in a really short amount of time, my whole body freezes up. My mind just doesn't work. And um, I used to think, oh, that's a terrible personal flaw but now that i see that it's just my physiology i can do something about it and not get caught up in the embarrassment of it so for those of us who've had somewhat privileged lives and you can think about whatever that might be we're accustomed to using a lot of external remedies controlling our environment in order to calm ourselves, whether it's eating or shopping or uh, working hard or doing other activities that might mask our tension. So the, the very first thing about being able to handle stress is to know that you're having it. And the the messages come through our body. We're so caught up in the outer world that we don't spend much time, and therefore we don't have much awareness of what's actually going on in the body until the signs are so extreme that they're screaming at us. We notice that, but we don't know what to do when we're in that kind of a state, the first step in handling tension is to become familiar with the danger signals in our bodies and we all kind of know what they are um, if if we're feeling anxious uh, or uh, angry then our body mobilizes to fight or to run away so that means, Our arms and our legs are very energized by our heart beating fast, our our breathing getting fast. And if we're paying attention, we can do something to control that. Because if we can reverse the physiological symptoms of the stress, we actually can fool ourselves into thinking that we're not in an emergency. Basically, we we have three three states of our emotions and our body. Uh, The comfort zone, the blissful zone, uh, is what we all think we all should be all the time. And then there's the other extreme, which is of an emergency alert where the body prepares to defend itself. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to fool the body, even if it does need to defend to defend itself, to fool the body into thinking things are okay. Why is that? Because The kind of decisions that we need to make when we're in an emergency require uh, a thinking brain. Our prefrontal cortex, our executive functioning, all go offline when we're perceiving ourselves as in an emergency state. And what goes online is kind of an automatic way of responding to keep ourselves safe. We might find ourselves doing things out of a habit that uh, we know isn't going to be beneficial at the moment, but we can't stop ourselves. That's absolutely normal. So we're trying to go into some zone in between that blissful state and that emergency state where we might call it the stretch zone, where you're calm enough to know what's happening, even though your body is uh, responding in a way that's letting you know it may be getting close to too much. So the first uh, arena, and and I think, you know, I'm, I'm going to give such a brief overview that if you hear something that's novel for you, Uh, Maybe you want to explore it further. Uh, We all have our ways of coping, and you'll hear those too. Uh, Try to expand your repertoire of coping from what's being said today, and some of it will be said right now, and some of it will kind of be woven into the question and answers. So... Do something to get more acquainted with your body. Lay there in the morning and just notice what parts of the body are feeling what and whether those sensations are pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. And ultimately, after you scan your body, just focus in on the pleasant sensations. It's a a discipline because we're kind of wired to focus in for survival purposes on what's wrong. And uh, that is to our detriment because we create the reality that something is wrong just by focusing in on it and uh, pushing out all the other things that are right. So lay there in the morning, lay there at night, noticing the parts that are working well and notice how they feel. And uh, really soak it in, even if it's only your little finger, to try and create that kind of discipline. Then uh, there's a way to notice during the day. Maybe you check in every time you go to the bathroom or every time you just are ready to pick up the phone, let it ring a couple more times. And notice what's going on in the body. And if you have a repertoire for calming that, then do it. But have some kind of thing that's going to happen many times a day, even like just going through a door. Just as you put your hand on the doorknob, notice what's going on in your body. So you're training yourself to pay attention to the signals before they get extreme that's when you have a choice so then the next thing is to do things during the day intermittently to plump up your nervous system immune system and that's by focusing for maybe 30 seconds on something that is delightful that is pleasant, that is calming, that is charming. So like I was looking at Marty's mask this morning, I wasn't just glancing at it knowing, oh, yeah, that is really clever. i got to look it up online. But actually feeling the sensations change in my body as I look at that nose, as I look at the tongue hanging out of his mouth. And just like right now, I take a pause. I see that pink tongue kind of over to the side, and it cracks me up. And I feel that little tingling in my chest. And I savor that so that when I am stressed later on in the day, I can bring up that same image of Marty. And it will do the same thing for me. It will lift my spirits. If I don't spend time looking at it, then I don't create a neural pathway and a memory that's going to remember it. So you walk down the street, see how many people will smile at you. If 99% of them don't smile at you, don't focus on that. Focus on the one that did. Suck it in. A leaf falling from a tree. Going downtown and seeing the bright colors. So we want to develop all day long little tiny pauses that don't take any time away from you where you really focus on what is pleasant. And we might have to go just a tiny bit slower at times to notice because even rushing can fool the nervous system into thinking there's an emergency because that that sympathetic nervous system gets aroused and it knows arousal means danger. It can also mean great pleasure but it's not going to be beneficial to creating a conscious self that can make decisions for your own benefit and the benefit of others. Um, then You will notice when you're getting too far out there, um, some strategies to bring you down that are very, very basic. Uh, They have to do with your senses. Um, You might want to have a water bottle with you and take sips and really feel the water going down or a hot drink, really feel that heat. You might be a person who can benefit from uh, wrapping yourself up in some kind of like shawl, kind of thing, pulling it tight, or putting a a heavy weight on your lap or on your chest. Uh, Sometimes, if you notice there's a lot of energy in your legs, you might go for a brisk walk. Or uh, for me this morning, I was sitting noticing how much energy I had in my chest and my arms. And I went and did my upper body strength exercises. And then I noticed afterwards that I felt a lot calmer. You can have a list of those things that uh, help you calm down. You can keep the list in your pocket because oftentimes when we're so stressed out, We can't remember what helps us. Uh, We can also tell a friend what's on our list and we can call them up and ask them, would you remind me what I can do in this situation that I have on my list? Um, Also, there's a situation right now where we may be feeling very powerless and That having a sense of what is the right thing for you to do, a sense of purpose, and knowing what are your gifts and what are the possible things you can do, really doable things, and then do them without an attachment to whether they're going to succeed, but that you have some kind of inner guidance and that you team up with other people, so that you don't have to hold that by yourself.
1: So, yeah. Okay. Please. I was just going to say while while you while you um, uh, gather more 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 information. Uh, I, I want to just let you know that you are listening to Wild Oak Living here on KZYX and Z Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. This is Johanna Wild My guest today is Joanne Rosen. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist in, in, based in Ukiah. And we are talking today about how to deal with prolonged stress and anxiety and fear and certainty of the future. Uh, and Joanne is talking about the, the biological sort of foundation for why we have a stress response or why our body and our mind reacts the way that we do and and sharing a toolbox of tips with us. And in a, in a couple of minutes, we're going to be opening up the phone lines and inviting you to call in and uh, let us know what's going on with you. And maybe Joanne can give you some feedback and, and share some tools that might be helpful for you and for others who might be in similar situations. So Joanne, do you want to, you know, maybe build, build a bridge between (laughs) whatever, whatever else you, I know you have, you have hours and hours of material. I know because you've shared some of that with me and many others, but um, you know, some, some, something that uh, before we go to phone calls, I know you you you're planning to say a couple more things.
3: Well, I think the, The thing that I want to say about this particular time is that we all have our stories. We all have things that we're wanting to vent. And we have to be careful that in venting, we don't make things worse for ourselves or others. That there are ways of telling a story that um, are so detailed that we relive the thing that bothered us. And by reliving it, we make it worse in our nervous system. And we're often met with people saying, I don't want to hear about it, or let me tell you what I've heard, and that the stress is just compounded. So learning to make a story short on details, But long on benefits, for instance, um, I was watching my dog help himself to all the walnuts right outside the window here as we've been talking. And I could feel my annoyance rising. But I was aware that I had some choices and that so what if he got the walnuts? And as I thought, could ease myself story without getting more frustrated so telling the story from a strength perspective is really vital especially now with so many things seeming to not be going in the ways we would like to see them so being able to share with others, and to even perhaps have an agreement with others. If I start telling too many details, will you stop me?
1: Just interrupt me, it's okay. There's one more thing, uh, Joanne, that I wanted to mention. Uh, I know that we've discussed this before. Um, uh, One of the many recommendations that we're finding now that people are sharing with us on how to deal with this current situation is meditation. And I know you have some thoughts about meditation, um, that meditation, you know, works for many people, but there's some things to keep in mind for meditation. And I just want to maybe have you spend a couple minutes and then we'll go to phone call.
3: Well, meditation is great when it works. And what does it mean to be working is that we're aware of what's going on and we're being able to stay in that stretch zone not in the emergency zone. But oftentimes when there's uh, when you meditate, issues come up from your day or from your past and really plunk you into that emergency zone. And that's when we need to be aware not to get stuck there. And that it is normal for difficulties to arise during meditation and that if you're not able to use resources that help you stay calm and in that curious zone, then you may need to just get up and do something else for a while or even seek guidance from a teacher uh, to help mitigate when you're thrown into that emergency zone unexpectedly
1: and also perhaps not feel frustrated or somehow feel inferior because you just somehow can't seem to manage that meditation thing right that's how yes
3: um there are many ways quote to meditate meditate is to be able to focus to decide where you're going to focus for your own benefit and so maybe a more body centered approach is better for you or really talking to somebody who can understand what you're experiencing and guide you uh, in, in a more careful way
1: yeah thank you thank you for sharing that information all right, you are listening to KZYXMZ, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, and we have phone calls, I think, already starting to come in. So now we're going to go to the phone lines. You're tuned to Wilder Living. My guest is Joanne Rosen, licensed family and marriage therapist in Ukiah, and uh, we are going to take our first phone call. Hello, listener. You're live on Wilder Living. Is that me? Yeah. Hello? Oh. Yes, hi. that's you. Uh-
2: very Turn your radio off, please. Very good therapist. I would just like to add, though, that it's never venting when people have a need and a great need to talk. It is empowering to be able to do so. Uh, venting is a word that, is, well, uh, connotes uh, something that that I think in and in, in what we're talking about in a therapeutic setting. Uh, You know, I think that today we need to talk a lot. Uh, It happens to me. Anyways, uh, and especially in a therapeutic setting where you have a power difference, and I know that I'm not using the correct words here, or uh, a power difference like a therapist-patient. A a therapist is supposed to know it all, and the patient is coming for help, Uh, but I never it as venting. I think that word has been used in in, in my uh, situation, and it, it offends me actually because I'm not venting. I'm trying to talk. I'm trying to resolve something. Uh, I have a uh, you know something is really bothering me, and I need to talk. Somebody may not be able to identify it. Uh, they may see it as venting, but it's
3: not. Thank you so much. Thank you for your uh, call. Uh, She makes a lot of good points. Um, One is that when the body prepares to fight or flee, um, there's a tension in the body that if it isn't released is very uncomfortable and it's wanting to be released. So sometimes venting can really help that, but it also could be that you need to grunt, or moan or cry um, and that that would be helpful. Um, The other thing is that uh, when we are telling our stories, if we notice that we're getting more riled up, that can be re-stimulating. If we can take little pauses In our venting, legitimate venting, take a pause to bring yourself back into your body, to take some deep breaths. Then you can continue on with the story. It won't cause the same amount of restimulation. So even if you're talking to somebody and they're what, what we're calling venting, if you can say, Can you just take a breath? Uh, Is it okay for me to ask you to just take a breath? Because I can see, you know, if you're getting, if you're re-stimulating that sympathetic nervous system, you are strengthening it. And in the future, that's going to be triggered more easily and you're going to suffer And perhaps there are ways of doing it without needing to suffer. Uh, So um, that can also be done by writing the story, but also during the time you're writing, stopping intermittently, taking a breath, calming the body, going slower.
1: I find that... If I do retell a story from my past that involves drama, if I focus on what I learned from it, and if I focus how it made how it made me stronger, um, then I can you know then I can retell it without overstimulating myself and without resuffering.
3: Yeah, I think that the the words are uh, reliving versus retelling if you're the storyteller you're not reliving it if you're reliving it you're re-traumatizing yourself so you don't want to tell it in a way that relives it
1: do we have any more calls Okay, so I'd just like to let you know that we do invite your calls. If you have a, a question or a story to share or if you're dealing with a situation that involves uh, stress or anxiety for you and you would like to maybe have some feedback, um, please give us a call right now. We're going to be taking phone calls until 10 o'clock. With, uh, the number in the studio is 707-895-2448. And I think we have another phone call. Okay. Hello,
4: Collie. You're live on Wilder Living. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Great program. Um, one thing that I do that helps me with uh, my stress, and these times are really stressful, I find it that way anyhow. And every morning I, uh, I do what are called my morning pages, and I got this from, uh, I forget the name of the book right now. It's called Never Too Late to Start Again. I forget the name of the author. I apologize. And she she says, write, handwrite three pages every morning about anything. And it helps me when I uh, just sit down and I write, and sometimes it's difficult to write three pages, but I find that if I discipline myself and just keep writing uh, about anything, things start coming up and I start processing. So it's kind of like being my own therapist. And, uh, it's very helpful to write those three pages every morning. Um, Just,
1: just a thought. Thank you. Thank you so much, caller for that excellent idea.
3: Morning pages are, are great. And this caller has really uh, understood that they're beneficial for him. We don't need somebody else to tell us what is beneficial. We might, uh, have a little crisis of creativity where we don't know what to do. But when we hit on something that works for us, we know it. And we should really honor that, that there are many things we do during the day to help calm our nervous systems. If we become more aware of those things, especially those things that don't have negative drawbacks, Um, then we can do them more purposefully more often and keep our nervous system more tranquil during the day
1: uh okay. i could do we have another call let me just give out oh we do have another call okay okay let's go ahead and take that call Your hello caller you're live on wildlife living hi me yes
0: yep good So I'm not clear, um, the whole idea of story. Uh, Could you please re-clarify the difference between retelling and reliving? I I don't understand the difference how one uh, re-traumatizes and the other does not.
3: Well, um, maybe we could do a little experiment except go in the other direction. Um, just to kind of experience what the body does when the mind is really uh, reliving something. Would that be helpful? Sure. So um, all all of the listeners can do this, is to think of something, and it could be anything. It can be a person, it can be an experience, it can be an animal a moment in time that brought you a sense of well-being. It might be thrilling. It might be delightful. It might be touching. Open-hearted. Just bring it to mind. And so let's take a moment to focus on something like that.
0: Okay.
3: And when we bring it to mind... Try and detail it out. Like, what are you seeing in your mind's eye? And you don't have to share this. Just um, notice. What do you see in your mind's eye? Are there people around? Are you inside or outside? And what makes this situation special? what is doing it for you? Mm -mm. And maybe even ask, what is the very best part of this? And as you're reliving this, just notice what goes on in your body. Maybe there's a warmth in your chest or maybe there's some sensations in your arms and legs or in your head or your face. Just notice how the image of reliving this affects your body. Do you notice anything? Kind of Putting you on the spot on the air. No,
0: that's fine. I, I you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I just feel my body relaxing. I feel uh-huh. my breath flowing. And I am, um, uh, well, of course, I guess my mind is in a certain way part of my body, but I feel it. Um, calming and uh, focusing more on the images that i am working with than all of the other chatter and noise that keep intruding
3: great so what you're doing is you're reliving something now you could have told me that story in in less detail and you wouldn't have had that same kind of expansive benefit Mm -hmm. inside Mm -hmm. and the same happens with telling a trauma story that the the body actually goes into the trauma state and it's creating neural pathways so that that trauma will come up stronger and faster every time you redo it like that and you can tell the difference between when you're reliving something and when you're telling the story. And to ask yourself, why do I need to retell this story in such detail? Sometimes for me, it's that I want the other person to get what I went through on a visceral level. But they're never going to get what I went through. Because it was me and all the background history that creates my reaction to it and so i don't need to have the other person basically traumatized along with me in order to have some empathy and really what i want is some acknowledgement of what i went through and how hard that was and i can get that without re-traumatizing myself And in fact, when I focus, as Johanna said, on the silver lining, the ways in which I realized, for instance, uh, I'm in a terrible car crash. Uh, When did I first realize I was safe? Focusing on that moment will help me deal with that trauma. Who was there to support you? What has gotten you through this? Those are the things that you can focus on and not deny that those big bad things are happening. Because that immobilizes us to make good choices about what to do about it. And it ends up that we're powerless. And if that happens enough, then that overstimulation, we just burn up and we become completely immobilized, paralyzed, numb.
1: Well,
3: and then I'm we kidding. can't contribute to ourselves or anyone else.
1: There's one other benefit that I've noticed about uh, telling, retelling the story in, in the way that you've just described by focusing on what I've learned from it or the positive or the helpful aspects. And that is you 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 model that aspect those aspects for other people, and you encourage other people that it's possible to to you know to to deal with um, trauma that way. That you, you you know you there are positive ways of coming out of trauma, and it's possible to come out of trauma stronger and with a toolbox of things for next time. In fact,
3: there they've done studies to see. Um, You know, it isn't the thing that's traumatic, it's the way we relate to it. And that most people do come out of those experiences stronger. The vast majority of humans come out of traumatic potentially situations stronger. And one thing right now with COVID is that we're so isolated from each other. And that that is a, a basic need of human beings is to rely on that interconnection. So going out of our way to make those connections is really important.
1: Let me just take a moment to, rem- to remind you, and we do have another phone call. I just want to let people know that you are listening to Wild Dog Living here on KZYX and D, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. This is Johanna Wildock, and my guest in the studio. Is Joanne Rosen, licensed family and marriage therapist based in Ukiah, and we are talking about responding and dealing with stress and anxiety. And I think we have another call. Caller, you're live on Wildlife Living.
0: Yes, good morning. Thank you. And I would, this is like a first time call thing, so I have a little bit of anxiety. All right. And I've been.
1: Welcome, Caller.
0: And focusing on the wonderful information you've been sharing. I'm so grateful and thankful. For the timing of getting to hear the show and um, it makes me feel so much on the right path towards who I am and and also to help um, others by being the first to help myself to to learn who I am and, and help relate. So I don't know what else to say except thank you very very much and. Um, wonderful, wonderful show! Thank you, Casey Wax, and thank you, ma'am, very much.
1: Thank you for sharing that; makes me very happy. So, okay, um, we don't have any callers right now. Joanne, do you want to offer some thoughts? Well, I, um,
3: I was sorry that that caller had uh, gotten off the line so quickly um, because it sounded like he was in touch with something that he was proud about about himself even in the thick of his anxiety and if we could have just slowed down in that moment and focused on what was that little piece of self-esteem made of and really detail that out and for him to take some maybe a little deeper breaths little slower breaths and really focus on that one gem. It, it doesn't need to be big in order to bring himself back. So.
1: And we do have another phone call. Caller, you're live on Wild Earth Living.
5: Oh, hi. Go ahead. Good morning. Hello?
1: Good morning. Good morning, you're on the air. Please turn your radio off.
5: Oh, hi, yeah. Um, what I do is I get two 10-pound dumbbells, and I pump iron for 20, 30 minutes uh, all behind my back to pull me out of going into a ball, and that makes me physically, mentally, and spiritually strong. And I, I look at the mountains while I'm doing it, and um, that's, you know, and I have an icon of uh, Sue Mary, but uh, she's my uh, coach. <laughs>
3: Beautiful.
5: Uh, can okay, I ask so, you? Yes. Thank you very much for the show. Uh, you're absolutely right about venting is, uh, you know, giving energy to that. You you're, what you say is you're steering weird in life, and the difference between telling story and reliving it is reliving it. You're sitting in the driver's seat and you have your hands on the wheel, and you, you've got no control of it. See, I'm trembling reliving it. And then just telling the story, you have your hands on the wheel, and you're actually in control of, of, of the situation. So that's, that's the difference there between story and um, and this, and, and venting. And that's the difference between cognitive, um, uh, what you call it, therapy, and the old style, just getting it off your chest. So that's that. Thank you very much for the show.
3: Wow. Mm. Thank you. You you know, when we tell those stories in great detail, as I was saying, often it's because we feel so alone. And yet when we tell the story in enough detail to traumatize the listener, that person is going to do something to protect themselves that ultimately are going to make you feel even more alone because they're not going to want to listen or they're going to you know, do something that protects themselves from the trauma.
1: Do we have any more caller? Okay, no callers right now. If you'd like to join us during this with this conversation, I'm I'm noticing we often get a, a lot of calls from women, and today we've been getting a lot of calls from men. It's really interesting. I think it's wonderful, everybody that's called in so far. Um, if you would like to join this conversation, if you have some thoughts about how you're dealing with stress or some questions or some issues that you're dealing with, please give us a call here in the studio on K at KZYX 895 2448 707 895 2448 is the number to call to talk to my guest, Joanne Rosen, who's a licensed marriage and family therapist based in Ukiah. Joanne, do you want to, do you want to share some more thoughts with us while we wait for the next phone call? Yeah, um, I think it, it has to do
3: with uh, relating to others. A lot of people right now are uh, being their worst selves <laughs> in moments uh, because stress, when we get into that emergency zone, it is an automatic zone. It is remembering things of on a body level that... Um, If we can remember that whatever person is doing something annoying is doing it um, because they're stressed. And just like me, they want to be happy. Just like me, they don't want to feel powerless. Uh, Just like me, they want to feel connected to other people. Uh, Just like me, they want to feel competent just like me they want to feel respected and acknowledged and that they matter that that may help even just as a little phrase that we say as we see strangers or annoying behaviors that we're not going to do anything about you know somebody spitting in the street or who knows whatever turns you off um to say, just like me, that person is um, human and that we're all victims of this civilization that we've created that our nervous system hasn't kept up with. Our nervous system hasn't evolved and perhaps to our benefit that we can't tolerate what we've created so, to take refuge in each other, to um, take seriously uh, keeping our nervous systems in balance, even as we are working our butts off to make a difference, we can only do that if we're making good choices from this place of curiosity and not from the place of overwhelm. We, we've think that we're gonna uh save time by doing things faster or multitasking and then we forget our keys someplace and we lose all that so to take good care of ourselves as we take good care of each other
1: i'm finding that you know we were we all have a tendency to look for sort of like uh, enduring solutions. You know, I want to move from this state of stress into a state of calm and I want to stay there and I want that state to last. Right. But what I'm finding is it's, it's a moment by moment process. You know, there, there is no permanent long lasting way from moving out of stress into calm. It's a, it's, it's a, it's an ongoing process. Every time the stress response comes up, I deal with it.
3: Well, calm is only pleasant when it's intermittent. If you're calm all the time, it can be boring and demoralizing. (laughs) That is a really good point. (laughs) I I have this dog in front of me now uh, who's uh, doing all kinds of um, hand signals, and I don't know what they are, but he's so amusing
1: okay <laughs> we still have some time well we have time maybe for one more brief phone call if you'd like to join our conversation 707-895-2448 um and otherwise if there's no more calls uh joanne we have another to say three and a half minutes or so for you to share anything okay. i haven't asked you about yet
3: well let's just spend one minute noticing our bodies and Uh, just starting on one end or the other and there's no right way to do this and there's no right experience you just notice what you're feeling what you're sensing in your body like does the right foot feel the same as the left foot and is it hot or cold can you feel your toes against the socks if you're wearing socks or the breeze if you're wearing sandals. Just noticing. And noticing if there's anything pleasant about it. This is harder than you might think, but it trains your concentration. Even if you can't figure it out, it helps you concentrate by putting your attention on one thing for a little bit of time and then you can move on to your legs notice your knees is the temperature you can notice the amount of muscle tension or contraction You can notice if it's pleasant or unpleasant. But don't dwell on it if it's unpleasant. Just notice it. And then you go on to another part. If you do this for maybe five minutes, you'll begin to notice that your body is relaxing.
1: we all have, we all have so, we're all surrounded by so much media that <laughs> even if you even if you try to turn everything off before you start just like i've experienced there's always something well you know there's a trick to that
3: which is that as you hear the telephone ring you don't have to jump up that activates the sympathetic nervous system take yeah. that as a signal they're going to ring 3 times take the first 2 times and notice your body. Mm-hmm. And then when you answer, you're much more present for whatever is transpiring on the other end. Joanne,
1: so we have a minute left here in our program. Is there any uh, 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 information that you'd like to offer, like websites or any contact information that that, that you'd like to share with people before we go off? Uh, there's so
3: many offerings online right now about stress that um, take a look uh, the trauma resource institute has little uh, exercises little webinars the mindfulness.org. i think it's that's what it is um, has many tutorials on what to do